is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers Standard rolling along here. Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky joining you um, without our fearless leader once again, as we will be for the next handful of episodes. A couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a week and a half here without Tom as he's getting married. But again, as I said in the last episode, we can cut him a little bit of slack there for missing it. Um, mini camps are done um, throughout all of the NFL. Every every team has now gotten through um, the mini camps, OTAs, and all that good stuff. Um, so a lot of the NFL Nation reporters for every team in the NFL, um, they gave one player that they thought really stepped up and really looked good for each NFL team. Um, now, I know, um, I, as we wrapped up the last episode, I did say that that sounds like it's going to be undrafted free agents or rookies or whatever. Now, granted, some of them are. Some of these aren't recognizable names. But at the same time, as I scrolled through the article here, there's a lot of guys that you are going to recognize, whether they are starters, whether they were starters with the teams they were with last year, or whether they're just blasts from the past that you really haven't heard that much as of late. And there's one in particular, and you'll probably know when I get to it, um, you're kind of going to raise your eyebrows a little bit. So let's dive into this thing. I think it's really interesting. Um, Again, I'll throw this disclaimer out there. Yes, this article is about surprise players in minicamp. We understand it is football and shorts, and and it's June. We we understand that. But, again, I think this could be really, really interesting. So let's start out here in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills. Um, Marcel Luis Jocks is the writer for the Buffalo Bills, the NFL – the NFL – oh, goodness. NFL Nation reporter. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. The player that he gives is Isaiah – Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, Hodgins was a standout during the first few days of last year's training camp, but a shoulder injury sidelined him for the entire season. With a clean bill of health, he stood out once again in OTAs and minicamp, even shedding the red non-contact jersey before the team broke for the summer. Hodgins is still in an uphill battle in an obviously crowded Buffalo receiver room. Absolutely with Stephon Diggs there. But he has received praise from both coach Sean McDermott and quarterback Josh Allen. So, Let's look at Isaiah Hodgins real quick. Um, as as it said, he was a pick in 2020, a six-round pick in 2020 um, with Buffalo. And again, um, I know that are we going to go into huge depth about Hodgins? No, but I do think you, when you read that, it, it does tell you what the Bills are probably going to be this year, and they're going to be an offensive powerhouse. You know, sure. a guy, a six-round guy is making some noise, but again, are you going to break into that? Offensive yeah, group. Yeah, tough. You, um... Remember, they also brought in Emmanuel Sanders. Right, right. And he's probably looking at best third wide receiver. But I mean, that's at to best. Be, yeah, to be you know where you're coming from and to go up against guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Stephon Diggs. That's not that's not the worst case scenario for you. No, and he was from uh, Oregon State. Was Hodgins? Right. Um, don't play a whole hell of a lot of defense there um, in the Big Twelve. Um, so let's move on here to the Miami Dolphins, still in the uh, the AFC East. Um, the guy they give is Trill Williams. Um, he uh, is a is a corner um, or a safety, excuse me. I think they're they're kind of bumping him around um, with safety and corner. He is a rookie um, coming into this season, so um, he has a lot on his shoulders and and already pretty good Miami defense, as we've talked about a lot with with the Dolphins. Um, he's an undrafted rookie out of Syracuse, and he's already showing his range, versatility, and potential to make a roster. St- Roster spot push despite a deep Dolphins defensive backroom, as we've talked about a lot. That's one of the reasons, Jacob, that you're 
really, really high on oh, the yeah. Dolphins is their defense. Um, he nabbed an impressive interception off of Tua Tagovailoa and a couple pass breakups and generally looks like he belongs. The true test will be when, obviously, the pads come on. But Williams is definitely worth keeping on, keeping an eye on. Um, and that's interesting, too. Um, you know, an undrafted guy. And, un again, we've talked about Tua a lot with him being – a young guy, it's what his second year as a starter. Um, you know, can you judge all that much in his first real, you know, training camp as a starter? I don't know. But again, if you're an undrafted rookie um, from Syracuse and you're, you know, you look like you belong, right. that, you know, that, that does tell you something. Again, it, it says he's fighting for a roster spot right. um, with an already crowded defensive backroom in, in Miami. But again, that tells you too. Um, you know, this might not necessarily be about Williams, but it does tell you from, you know, when you look at the Dolphins from their perspective, mm -hmm. they're going to have a good defense. I mean, yeah. that's secondary I mean, scary. Zayvon Hatward is one of the better defensive players in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And to to you wouldn't be you wouldn't see this guy as as an undrafted rookie be the guy to start opposite him. But to at least have someone like Zayvon Howard on your secondary at your position kind of be a, 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 a tutor of some sort, that's got to do him a lot of favors. Absolutely. Moving on to the Patriots, um, the guy that they have is Josh, Josh Uche. Um, he was drafted last year. He was a second-round guy. Um, you might remember him from Michigan. He's uh, the outside. He's like an edge outside linebacker guy. He was the 60th pick in the draft last season. Um, and again, when you're talking about the New England Patriots, it's interesting to see him paired up with guys like Dante Hightower, with guys like Matt Judon, Juwan Yeah, remember, Bentley. they brought in Matt Judon. Right, and, and Kyle Vinoy. And, oh, and, and here it says his speed, suddenness, and potential as a disruptive, disruptive pass rushers were on, on display in multiple drills. Again, it's minicamp. There's not contact. Can you really judge that much? No. But when you look at... You know who Uche is. I mean, he was really good in the Big Ten with Michigan. Um, me being a Penn State fan, I know that. But again, with pairing him with those types of guys and talking about the Patriots, the Patriots are going to get better. I mean, they're going to be a, a good football team next year, at least a competitive one. They're not going to be the team that we saw last season. I mean, again, then again, they were seven and nine. They were still competitive. But again, when you pair him with with that, it's uh, with, with that linebacking core. It's pretty good. Yeah, right. I just talked about how. You pair, not pair, but Trill Williams out of Miami getting mm -hmm. tutelage from guys like Zayden right. Howard. You just listed all the guys in New England for this kid, Josh Uke, Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, and now new piece Matt Judon. Right. I mean, that's a lot of good players that you're going to be lined up against or lined up behind at, at the very worst. But still, it's a lot of guys that can show you different styles or different techniques or different schemes. Definitely going to be a big favor for this guy. Absolutely, and, and the next the next team here in, in the East, the Jets, um, it's a familiar face. Um, and for Steeler fans, for Steelers for, fans, yeah. for NFL fans, um, it's C.J. Mosley, the linebacker, um, formerly of the, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and they do right here that that Mosley opted out last season and played only in two partial games in 2019 due to injuries. But we, you know, when you look at C.J. Mosley before the the injuries in 2019, he was one of the better linebackers right. in the league in, in a 4-3 scheme. Yeah, um, I think the, it's unfortunate for C.J. Mosley because I did like him at, even though he was on the Baltimore yeah, Ravens. Right, right. I, I can respect how good he was. He's a good player. It's unfortunate. I, I just feel bad for anyone that gets into New York. I mean, I just yeah, feel like it's a black you. hole. And, and you're, you're not even playing alongside Zach Wilson. You're playing on the opposite yeah. side of the ball of him. So 
I don't even know how many, how much is going to be around C.J. Mosley to really help him out. I mean, they have Quentin Williams, but other than that, I really can't name you one other guy on that team. No, it's pretty So it doesn't tough. surprise me that this is the guy that's standing right. out. I'm sure if you're the Jets, you would have liked to see it right. be like Zach Wilson or something like that. But right. again, it's, it's for the Jets, it's at least a formidable linebacker in that group. And, you know, it's kind of funny, as you said, they don't really have anyone paired around him. When you talk about the Patriots, there's four guys that they mention in the in the little write up in the the Jets one for Mosley. There's nobody mentioned. So oh, yeah. again, he's I going mean, to be the focal point of that. Like defense. I said, I don't think between you or I, we couldn't name anyone on that defense beyond Quentin Williams and C.J. Mosley. No, just and, couldn't do it. Right. Uh, we'll skip the AFC North. We'll save that for last here. Um, the AFC South uh, for the Houston Texans. Again, this team is probably going to be really bad. Um, they. The guy that they list, um, I'm going to butcher this guy's last name, uh, Charles Omenahu. Uh, I think that's the best you can do. I, I think that's probably how it's pronounced, uh, so go me. Um, a fifth-round pick in 2019. Um, he's a defensive end for the Houston Texans. And again, as I said, they're they're not going to be good. They're going to be a really, really bad football team. And again, you lose J.J. Watt, too, if you're Houston. Mm-hmm. It sets up for somebody else. And, right. You know, I yeah, guess he's, got the, he's got the starting job The inside now track, with, right. Without, without J.J. Watt on the roster. It's just, if you're Houston, you got to kind of hope for the best, prepare for the worst, because it's going to be bad. Even yeah. if you have Deshaun Watson back, I mean, I don't, I, we still no, don't know what's happening there. But. You probably won't. But even if you do, there's still, you had him last year, and you, you won, what, five games, four games last year? And yeah. that was with J.J. Watt on your team. I mean, this you if you're Houston, this is this is probably going to be the best win for you here is yeah. that a fifth-round draft pick is Ends the one who's yeah. going to be just a, a, a decent uh, replacement for J.J. Yeah, Watt. That's going to be, be probably, Watt, that's probably gonna be the best win yeah. for the Houston Texans. This right, year. never going to be J.J. Watt, but at least no. you have somebody that, that is there right. and can replace him right. for sure. Moving on to the Indianapolis Colts, this one is a familiar face. This one everybody knows, and I think this is who the Colts want to be as your, your surprise guy to look at, your guy that really impressed during minicamp, and that's Carson Wentz. Yeah, it'd probably be a concern for Colts fans if yeah. it wasn't Carson Wentz because then you'd be saying, oh, no, is he still stuck in his 2020 kind of rut that we saw on full display last year? And this is really interesting um, in this write-up. I stopped reading some of these because they're not all that interesting. But with this one, it is really interesting. Uh, it says the other one of the parts in Wentz's development was how he would fit in with his teammates after reportedly not having a great relationship with his teammates while with the Eagles. Um, the transition, according to those inside the organization, has been a smooth one. He comes in and asks me about my family, my sister, stuff like that. Running back Naeem Hines said, um, and he's going to be a huge part of that offense, too. I know they have Jonathan Taylor, but Naheem Hines is a really good um, kind of change of pace guy. And it says, as a new guy, it's pretty cool. It shows that he's caring and trying to k- take care of us. Um, and Hines said he has a really pretty deep ball when it comes to when it comes on the field. He said, I've liked everything I've seen from him so far. So, again, I think if you're the Colts, you're very excited that that Carson Wentz is the guy that, that has been written up here because of the fact that he's already building a relationship with um, a guy like Naheem Hines. Again, he's, he's probably the second running back, right. but he is building a relationship. At least there's someone on the yeah. team that he's bonding with right. or, or or syncing with. And I'm sure he will with everybody. I mean, especially, sure, just give it time, yeah. especially if the Colts are what a lot of people seem to think that they will be. And again, if Carson Wentz is what he has the potential to be, right. not saying he's going to be an if, MVP if guy. If Carson again, but... Wentz can at least be a shell of 
his last time spent with Frank Reich, yeah. it's going to be good enough. Right. Um, so, that, again, that's that's where the Colts sit. Moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, this is a really interesting guy. Um, I, I like him a lot. I had him on my fantasy team last year. I know no one cares about fantasy, um, or my fantasy team, mind <laughs> you. But um, that is LaVisca Chenault. He's a, a wide receiver. Um, he's a really interesting player. Um, he 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 lined up in the backfield a lot last year too. He took handoffs, and that's kind of weird considering you have James Robinson. But he's a, a quick guy. He's from Colorado. He's a second round pick um, out of uh, out of Colorado, as I said. And the Jaguars used him a lot. He was kind of a I don't want to say he's under the radar because you know some people learned about him and how versatile he is last year. Um, but it's going to be interesting because now that you have uh, Marvin Jones there in, in Jacksonville. You have DJ Chark, who I think is a pretty good wide receiver. And, oh, by the way, Travis Etienne's there, too. Right. It's I mean, Travis Etienne and James Robinson. Right, you have right, a lot right. of weapons. How could I forget about Robinson, the undrafted guy that ran for 1,300 yards last year? Um, it's an interesting offense. And, again, I know that we have never seen Trevor Lawrence play in the NFL. But if he is as good as people think that he can be, again, a lot of that's predicated on the offensive line. The weapons are there. Oh, in absolutely. Offensively. Oh, you you just named five guys right there. Yeah. Two running backs, three wide receivers. I have no idea who their tight ends are no, off I don't the top either. of my head. Tim Tebow. Oh, good point. <laughs> but I I mean, yeah, it's all predicated on how well the offensive line does in protecting Trevor Lawrence, but I do think it's a good name to say that it's uh, LaVisca Chenault because if Trevor Lawrence was surprising you. I mean, it shouldn't be Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence was the number one overall right, pick. Right, right, right. There should be no surprises in his style of play. The only thing that should surprise you is maybe he's even better, but still, you had such high expectations that I guess being a surprise guy at a minicamp would be a little weird thing to yeah. say just because how can you be the surprise yeah. guy if you're the number one overall pick? And it says here, too, that Ch Chenault had arguably been the Jaguars' best offensive player throughout OTAs and minicamp. Again, it's in shorts. It's not with pads. Can you judge that? Sure. I don't know. But, I mean, there's something to be said for that. All right, moving on to the Tennessee Titans. This is another blast from the – this is a guy that – This is maybe the biggest weird. surprise name out of the entire list. And that is quarterback Deshaun Kaiser. Does that concern you at all for Ryan Tannehill's lock no. in the position? No, I think it's more surprising just because of the fact that he's looked good. And as they write in the, uh, the write-up here, the backup quarterback position is like insurance. You right. don't realize how important it is until you need to use it. That's a great point. Um, and, again – do I think Deshaun Kaiser is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league? No. Um, but again, if he somehow were to get into that, uh, I guess that he offense, is, though. I mean, he did start a lot of games for the yeah. Cleveland Browns. It, granted, it was the year they went 0 yeah. 16. Right. He was the backup quarterback when Aaron Rodgers had his injury in 2016. He almost beat the Steelers. 2017. If I remember right. Almost beat the Steelers in Heinz Field. I mean, yeah. it was a one possession game. It just took a. A great effort by Ben and A.B. I, I'm pretty sure that was the game where A.B. had that sideline catch. There were like 30 seconds left. Sounds the right. The Steelers were on like their own 30-yard line, and then Ben chucked it up, and A.B. had that miraculous catch. And then one play later, Chris Boswell kicks the game-winning field goal. So Deshaun Kaiser almost went into Pittsburgh and, and beat won. the Steelers, yeah. One against the Steelers in prime time. I believe that was yeah, a Sunday was. night game as well, too. Not an easy task, especially no matter who you are, right. let alone if you're Deshaun Kaiser. So I guess it, they're just trying to say in this article, 
don't undervalue or don't underestimate Deshaun Kaiser Deshaun Kaiser's value as a backup. Yeah, and if he gets in, I mean, not to say don't, that he's don't necessarily discount the Titans yeah. as written yeah. off. As they yeah. say, Kaiser's skill set's very similar to Tannehill's, and that he can move and he can make sure. some throws. And, you know, he's probably a little faster than Tannehill. But again, it's very surprising that you know the fifth year veteran who I'm sure a lot of people wrote off mm. <laughs> a long time ago um, is the surprise out of camp for the Titans. Moving on to the AFC West. Um, the Broncos, this is interesting. Um, it is wide receiver Kendall Hinton. Now that might that name might ring a little bell in your head, and that's because of the fact that uh, he was the guy that had to play quarterback for the uh, the Broncos with the COVID. Um, so what riddled. does it mean that he's the the mini camp surprise? Here? Well, apparently um, they said that he is really. I mean, he looked very impressive uh, as a wide receiver. Um, quarterback Drew Locke said he's super aggressive to the ball. You feel like you can throw him a ball one-on-one, and he's going to get it no matter what. Um, so that tells you something. I mean, I know that he played quarterback a little bit at Wake Forest, too. I'm sure that is not the idea going into the season for the Denver Broncos. Um, but, again, uh, I just think that's interesting because the guy that had to play quarterback on 24 hours notice in an NFL game Say of that what you will. I still think that's crazy that that happened. Um, he's the guy that stands out in camp as a wide receiver, and that's a pretty loaded wide receiver. Oh, absolutely, room too. it's one of the best. I mean, you have who Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and I'm forgetting the third KJ guy. Hamler. KJ Hamler. Thank- oh, right, the Penn State kid. So it's a crowded receiver room, and and that's just not one guy who's elite like a Julio Jones. I mean, you have yeah. three names there that could all be at, at one point in their career wide receiver ones. So. I guess I mean it's it's a nice ringing endorsement for this kid, but he's yeah. going to have to do a lot of work if he wants a roster spot at, at the very least. No doubt. Looking at the Chiefs, this is a little bit of a surprise. It is tight end Noah Gray. Um, Honestly, that's a little scary to hear yeah. as a as a non Chiefs fan. It is, but I don't think that necessarily says anything about Kelsey. I, no, I mean, be- I, what I'm trying to say is is this just another oh, another weapon? Another weapon? Like we 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 know the names Tyree Kill and we know Travis Kelsey, but we see the Chiefs use guys like Sammy Watkins and Mecole Hartman and, and just guys that no one else would recognize. The only reason everyone knows their names is because they're on the Chiefs and they have a quarterback who can get the ball to anyone on the field, no matter how guarded you are or, or how collapsed the pocket is. Patrick Mahomes is the best playmaker in the NFL, yeah. and so you can line up any weapon on his on his offense, and he that guy is going to be used. So on a, as a non-Chiefs fan, it's scary because yeah. this is the guy who's clearly impressing within the organization and there's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes isn't taking notice and he might be the I mean he might be the two or three tight end he's the guy from Duke he was a late round pick for the Chiefs but again you know how well the Chiefs utilize their offense and if he's impressing they're going to figure out a way to get him the ball oh absolutely that's so this is just I mean we talked about weapons for Trevor Lawrence we listed three wide receivers and two running backs I mean there's no problem with those they're they're they're, you don't have to have recognizable names in Kansas City you just have to get opened for Patrick Mahomes to get you the ball. And that's, that's all she wrote. All right, moving on to the Raiders. I don't really want to talk too much about this, but it is cornerback Nate Hobbs. Um, he got plenty of attempts at slot corner in the OTAs, the fifth round pick from Illinois. Uh, it, okay. I don't know what to really say about the Raiders because it's a, it's a crap shoot. It's with a John dis- Gruden. It's, it's disarray. It's, yeah. it's, it's a fray that cannot be unfogged or unclear just because John Gruden has created such a cloud around that organization that, I mean, you've said so many times he's stuck in 2002, right? He believes that he has not left that era of football and he has not left his caliber of coaching 
from that year. And that's just not the case here. I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't, we don't need to spend too much time no. talking about this team. I mean, yes. Is he a quarterback or a safety? Uh, it's, it Hobbs. says corner. It's, so, I mean, so. he's starting at least behind Casey Hayward, who they brought in from the Chargers. So, I mean, good for them that they have another guy besides Casey Hayward in their secondary. I mean, they drafted Trayvon Morgan in the second round, which was a, a better pick than their first-round pick in Alex Leatherwood, which got a lot of heads to turn and a lot of chins to be scratched. But I thought that Trayvon Morgan was a decent pick for them. And, okay, I mean, at least you have more than two guys in your secondary that you can say, okay, yeah. maybe there's potential there. Moving on to the Chargers. Now, this is kind of interesting. It's wide receiver Tyrone Johnson. Um, this is going to be his first full year. He played last year a little bit, had 20 catches for 398 yards and three touchdowns. That's 20 yards a catch. Yeah. Um, that's this pretty is, darn good. But this is also another crowded receiver room at Mike, the top, at least. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Yeah. Um, I know you lost uh, the tight end, Hunter Henry, so that gives a little bit of— But you gained Jared Cook from sure, New Orleans, sure. who was a decent target for Drew Brees. And, yeah, you, you went from Drew Brees, who couldn't even get you the ball more than 10 yards down the field. Herbert. Now you have Justin Herbert yeah. coming off his offensive rookie of the year stint. Yeah. I mean, this guy's got a cannon. This guy can be a playmaker. The Chargers are a team of which we say on the show frequently, that they can be a playoff team. Yeah. They can make that leap from a, what, they were 7-9 and nine last year? They can make that yeah. leap into the playoffs this year. No doubt. And they have, an, I mean, not a receiver, but a guy who can catch the ball. Austin Eckler is a great, yeah. Is yeah. A great rushing slash receiving running back. But, I mean, yeah, you mentioned last year, you mentioned earlier this will be his first year. Full year, yeah. His first full year. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. So a lot of opportunity for this guy. I mean, you know, 20 yards a catch in, in that sort of offense and is a third wide receiver. You'll take that every day of the week. All right, so to wrap things up here with the AFC North, we're only going to have time for the AFC um, in this segment talking about the, the surprise players from camp. Um, with the Baltimore Ravens, this is another name that you will obviously know. It's wide receiver Sammy Watkins, and I think that's important for the Ravens because of the fact that, hey, uh, we don't have a lot of wide receiver right. help here. Um, it's very important that they, you know, they brought in Sammy Watkins. Is he great? No, but he's a at least an NFL vet. He's at least played and at least, you know, shown that he has some NFL success over the last handful of years. And, and it says here uh, he's gotten separation from pro, from Pro Bowl cornerback Marlon Humphrey for a touchdown reception. And apparently Lamar Jackson really likes him, too. He said, I'm not going to like you. I'm not going to lie to you. It's fun. As a big receiver, a nice target, a fast guy, Sammy's going to make our job a lot easier, um, and especially his job a lot easier. And I think that's the most important thing. Again, is Sammy Watkins a Pro Bowler? Is he an All-Pro? Not at this point in his career, no. Um, but at the same time, if he's what he has been over the last couple years, and he's been pretty good um, over the last couple years, it makes Lamar Jackson's job so much easier. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a tough thing if you're Lamar Jackson looking at receiver core and Sammy Watkins is is maybe the most juicy name you have on your team. Yeah. We know we know Hollywood Brown is there, but he hasn't really broken out right. yet. And we know they drafted. Um, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, is it Bateman? Yeah, Rashad Minnesota? Bateman. Rashad yeah. Bateman, thank you. Uh, again, just not not the juiciest names, but, I mean, I just praise Sammy Watkins for his time spent in Kansas City with a playmaker and Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the better 
pass run playmaker. Lamar Jackson's a little more run than pass. Right. But still, I mean, we we've seen Lamar Jackson be able to throw the ball down the field. It's just he hasn't had a good receiver. Mark Andrews is the tight end. Of course, that's been his best receiver since he's been on the team. So maybe you get a guy like Sandy Watkins to just kind of bolster up the room be able to not just focus on one guy being the guy, and it makes everybody's lives easier. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and moving on to the Bengals, it's another familiar face. It's wide receiver T. Higgins. Um, and again— They shouldn't um, surprise anyone. No, it of, shouldn't. Of his, of his year last year. He was very good last this year. This only means that he's going to get better. Yeah, he really is, and it only makes Joe Burrow better. And, oh, by the way, you bring in Jamar Chase— um, you know, Higgins, I don't know if he's probably still the number one until Jamar Chase takes that from him. Um, and I don't think it'll be very long. It might be the end of training camp before Chase takes that. But again, it it it, it seems like he's poised for a huge years, T. Higgins, along with Jamar Chase. Um, and again, I don't know if that means that the Bengals are going to be, uh, you know, any good. Uh, but at the same time, they have a good wide receiving core there. They have some pieces offensively. And as long as Joe Burrow stays healthy, I think they'll be a semi-competitive football team. I think that that much sure. is a oh, given. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they what, ended up winning three games, two games Something last like that. year. I, I mean, mean, one of them was against one, the Steelers. One, one of them was against the Steelers, so take that for what you will. But still, I mean, that was without Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow yeah. was on pace probably to win Offensive Rookie of the Year had he not gotten hurt. It, it obviously went to Justin Herbert. So you put... You put uh, Joe Burrow back on that offense, and you have guys like T. Higgins who impressed everyone last year, and you add Jamar Chase also to yep. that receiving core. That's a lot of op- that's a lot of offensive weapons for Joe. And let's move on to the Browns here, and this is a little scary if you're the Browns or if you're the Steelers or if you're anybody in the AFC North. Um, they say it's defensive tackle Tommy Togai, the fourth-round pick out of Ohio State, apparently has made a big splash in both OTAs and minicamp. They say he has a really unique uh, combination of power and quickness. Um, and on top of that, the defensive tackles have an injury history. Malik Jackson and Andrew Billings, they didn't play in 2020 uh, last year due to opouts, and they were injured in the year prior. Um, but can you imagine if this Tommy Togiai kid pans out? Yeah, that's that what I front, mean. That front line now consists of Tommy Togiai, Miles Garrett, and Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, that's pretty good. No matter what you think of Jadavion Clowney, right. if the other two guys are Miles Garrett and Tommy Togiai, Jadavion Clowney is going to get his. No, no doubt. And that makes the defensive front, again, that's one of the scariest parts of that, that unit mm-hmm. of that defense is their front and paired with Clowney, paired with, uh, oh, goodness, uh, Miles Garrett, goodness, Miles I almost Garrett, forgot yeah. Miles Garrett's name. Um, and Togai, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a world beater, but again, with that much firepower at the mm-hmm. ends, you've got to allot some ten- attention there. And you can interpret this article whichever way you want, but, you know, we, we've talked about guys on, like, you, you take Indianapolis, for example. Yeah, they, Carson they, Wentz. They, it had to be Carson yeah. Wentz. But you don't look at Jacksonville and say, oh, it had to be Trevor Lawrence yeah. because you knew what you were getting out of him. So look at it. You can look at it from one of two perspectives for the Browns. You know, Tommy Togiai wasn't their first pick. It was Jeremiah Owosu-Koromora, who wasn't even their first pick either. Right, 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 right. I mean, this is a guy who everyone was saying could be the steal of the draft, and he's not even the most impressive player on their defense. They went defensive players back-to-back in those first two rounds. They took Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah Owosu-Koromora, and then they took, um, oh gosh, what was his name? I'm totally blanking on on their first overall pick. 
uh, from 2021. I believe it was, if, I, if I'm if i able to look it up. Oh, it was Greg Newsom right, out yeah, of Northwestern, the cornerback. Yeah. So you have two guys who were taken in the first two rounds to be almost starters. I mean, Greg Newsom's going to start behind Troy Hill because yeah. the Browns made a great move by going out and getting Troy Hill. But it's still Tommy Togiai, not even your first or second overall yeah. pick, let alone first or second pick for the defense that's impressing you the most. So people really need to be yeah. concerned about how good this Cleveland defense can be next and, year. And it's going to be. Oh, I yeah, mean, really I believe is. it will. Be. Um, yeah, I believe it will be, too. And lastly, um, in the AFC here for the uh, surprise players, you should know for the uh, mini camps, OTAs, as we move on to training camp here in the next month or so. Um, it is no surprise who it is for the Steelers. It's a guy no. we've talked about a lot on this show. It is cornerback James Pierre, and we've talked about him a lot here. We we know how important that Pierre is to this defense just because of the fact that you need guys to step up, and it, it's a it's definitely a positive because of the fact that when you look at Pierre, when you look at you know guys that are surprising, it, it eases your – it eases your worry at least a little bit because of the fact that he's a guy that has stood out. Now, again, it is football. It is football in shorts. There's no pads. There's no contact. How much can you gauge from it? I don't know. I'm not a football coach. I don't know. But at the same time, it does it does ease your worry a little bit knowing that he's the guy, um, at least according to Brooke Pryor, that has stood out a lot for the Steelers. Absolutely. And, you know, I just mentioned how – you can take this article for what it's worth and, and interpret it in different ways, but it's not the worst thing to not see Najee Harris on this list because people expect Najee Harris to be kind of this missing piece that was so – I hate to say missing piece that was so missed because that's super Obvious, cliche right. of me, but that's what that's what was happening. I mean, there was no solid running back one to go along with this high-powered passing offense that the Steelers had. So, absolutely, it should be no shock because of the amount of time we spent talking about how good Najee Harris is, 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 is expected to be. That means he's meeting expectations and partner that with the fact that we've spent so much time saying James Pierre looks more and more and more like he's going to be cornerback number three. And just quickly to read this little blurb here that prepared it on him, he said he's Pierre is fighting for a – uh, an open spot in the secondary, and he's jockeying for time on the field, likely on the outside. He's doing it with standout plays in minicamp. The second-year undrafted free agent out of Florida Atlantic picked off Ben Roethlisberger twice. This would be in last Wednesday, Wednesday's practice, including an interception in the end zone during a two-minute drill, and it says Pierre played just seven, played just 27 snaps last year and was a key member um, on special teams with 227 snaps. Mm-hmm. Steelers have minded or have mine undrafted free agent gems in the past with guys like obviously Mike Hilton. Um, and it says Pierre's off season workouts show he's a solid candidate to be the next. So again, uh, it's football in shorts, but right. it should ease your concern at least a little bit because of the fact that he's starting to carve out a role for right, himself. Yeah. I think, I think the key for Pierre is that as long as he beats out Justin Lane, you're happy. Yeah, that I should mean, be the goal we, for him. We know how sparse this cornerback room yeah. is behind Joe Hayden and Cam Sutton. So the fact that things are becoming a little more clear, not necessarily set in stone, but just a little more, James Beer seems to be separating himself from Justin Lane, is is a good sign. It is, and uh, I think that's the 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 biggest part of this is at least you know that at least hey maybe the third string guy won't be as bad of an right. option. Yeah, I think you gotta hope for that. You I think gotta that's, hope for that. I think that's the positive here. All right, so that will do it for this adep- this edition of the Steelers Standard. Um, on the next 
episode, we will be diving back into the all-time standard, the new feature that we do on this show. And we talked about the quarterbacks the last time we did it. We're going to talk about the running backs in Steeler history. There's a pretty good list of of Steeler running backs that we can talk about and dive into um, here. Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening, whether you're listening on the podcast side, on Steelers.com or Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts or if you're listening the old traditional way uh, on Steelers Nation Radio, we thank you for listening to that. Uh, but that will do it for this edition of the Steelers Standard. I'm Kellen Gursky, joined by Jacob Recht. We'll be back for the next episode.